but my culinary comrades, my famished friends, welcome back. We've done it. Here we are. It's 2019. Welcome to another edition of House of Cause. The food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, Joe House, and we are on the Ringer Podcast Network. My famished friends, what a show. We are kicking off the 2019 season with an outsized, mega-sized, super-sized dose of food news with Juliet Littman. My hungry homies, changing things up. We want 2019 to be delectable. And in that spirit and in that vein, we're always innovating the same way that all of the delicious chefs, the the delicious restaurants, the delicious purveyors of food are always thinking about how to serve up something a little more tasty than last year. We're on that same vibe. We are going to have a handful of small tweaks to the show. Juliet and I talk about them in our upcoming conversation. So why don't we just get in that belly with Juliet Littman? All right, taste buds. I am very excited to welcome back to House of Carbs, the incomparable, the inimitable, the high priestess of food news, Yo, Juliet! Hey, House, what's up? Happy 2019. How the hell are you? I'm doing great. I'm finally back in LA. Pleased to say. Yeah, you spent you had a, a, a long run in New York. It coincided with the holidays. As we uh, compared notes, there's no better place to celebrate the holidays than in New York. If you're kind of a an East Coast kind of person. I'm an East Coast kind of person, and you're definitely an East Coast. Oh kind of man, person. at heart, I'm, of course, nothing, nothing but you know, nothing but love for my city, and the city is New York. Yeah, Did I people mean, say maybe that? that makes us coastal elite, but I, you know, <laughs> whatever. D G A F, Juliet. D G A F. I don't care. Right? Yeah, of course, agree. We is who we is who we is. We are. So let, are. let's talk a little bit. This is our first time together in 2019, and we have big plans. For the House of Carbs. We do. Little slight tweaks. We're always trying to make this meal a little bit tastier for everybody. Because as as all of our belly sourcing comrades know, the possibilities are endless. Endless. When it comes to creating a delicious podcast and a delicious meal, right? Yes, completely. So one one of the delicious things that we, we came up with for 2019... We're going to save the food news. We're going to do a mega food news, a supersized food news, if you will. Once a month, you and I will get together. We're going to track down all the best stories of the month. All of you, our famished friends, please continue. We love getting on the Twitter yeah, and love on the, the Instagram. Love the tips. Yeah, the tips are, are great. We, we had some great tips for, for this uh, iteration, this January 2019 iteration of Food News, some of those stories that, that the, the hungry homies have hit us with are going to be on this show. Hell yeah. Tip your podcaster. You know, that's what everyone says. Tip your podcaster. Who says that? No one. It's like tip your bartender, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. There Whatever. is a bartender on here who tipped himself, but I don't think we're going to do that story. No, 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 no. That's Did you not... see that guy? Yeah, I know. We'll get there. 
<laughs> uh, we're also uh, going to be having some terrific guests. We were thinking of, of looking for guests from other walks of life. So, um, you know, in the same vein as uh, we've had some athletes in the past, some media folks in the past, as well as folks from the, from the food world. So we're, we will continue along that path, um, you know, getting folks of, of food interest that we might have some few food curiosity we'd like to explore with them. Um, and we have some, some big ideas on that, so stay tuned for all of that. And the other thing um, that I'm very excited about is lots and lots and lots of Danny Chow. Lots of Danny of Chow. This year. Yes. He's in Toronto really? right now, but that starting next week. So how beautiful is that? The I best know. thing I ate this week, next week, the bar is going to be super high because Danny Chow will have returned from Toronto where you and I have been saying for over a year now, we want to go to Toronto. We want to go eat at all these great restaurants. Danny Chow's there, and he's eating at those places. I know. I'm so jealous. I, I, I do still really want to go there. But yeah, so he'll he'll be uh, coming on every week with you, right, to talk about the best thing you two ate? Yeah, we're going to compare notes on the best thing we ate. And since he's actually, like, writing food stories and, and out in the food world pursuing new restaurants and new innovations and new ideas, just made too much sense. We have to have Danny on. I wonder if we should have, like, a branded segment. I mean... <laughs> The Chow Down. The Chow Down. Well, that's already the name of his column, isn't it? There's a, yes. Um, yes, I think it is. And there is a, like a, I don't know, a, a, I think it's a Vietnamese place in Brooklyn, like in the, close to Fort Greene called Chow Down. I sent him a picture of it as I walked past it when I was at home. It's beautiful. I it's know. Beautiful. It was funny. It was funny. So, so our, the, the, the ringer resident uh, hungry homie, Danny Chow, who's legitimately a hungry homie. I mean, he and yeah. I sat down and it was it was the last sort of eating competition I'll ever do for the rest of my life. He shamed you out um, of the game. Well, I, I mean, I I was coming in there with the OG status. I, I already knew you can't you can't keep down the youth. You know, Father Time gets everybody, Juliet. You know this. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I, I was happy to pass the mantle. Uh, but he's he's a legit big eater, um, and I was just proud of of both of us. I think we ate thirty. It was guisados. And they're 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 delicious tacos, but they are a, a style of taco that features a thick thick tortilla. Corn tortilla, yeah, thick tortilla. So, well, I think we ate damn near thirty of them. I mean, that 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 pat on the back. Danny ate more than I did, but still, I I, I I'm just happy. I was happy to have been there. Just happy to be here. That's just, that's the story of Joe House. <laughs> really, you could put that on my tombstone, and 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 I think everybody that, that knows me would agree. Oh yeah, I mean that pretty much fits house. That's a good point. Um, speaking of happy to be there, well, you and I haven't had a chance to really compare notes on some of our own delicious eating over the holidays. No, we didn't. As we we have have covered, you were in New York. How about a couple of New York highlights before sure. we jump into these stories? Sure. One of these is really lame, but I'm just going to be honest, is a game changer for me. Like, I'm just now obsessed. I was staying with my parents for a couple months, and I live, my parents live in the Upper West Side, as I've discussed many times on this podcast. And <laughs> we went to Cinderella, which is like, a, you know, appetizing grocery store, fancy-ish cheese shop upstairs on uh, 76th and Broadway. And for whatever reason, I was like, I'm just really in the mood for like ravioli and a red sauce. So I just, I bought their house-made ravioli. Very good. Cool, cool. And I bought their house-made Pomodoro sauce. Now, Pomodoro sauce is like, 
not really in vogue. I wouldn't say it's like a really like a popular red sauce, but it was so fucking good that basically for the last month, I've just been craving Pomodoro sauce on like either rigatoni or ravioli or like maybe a bucatini, like basically 100% of the time. And I, if you're in New York and you are close to a Cinderella, I urge you to buy their house-made Pomodoro sauce. It is so good. I'm sad to not be having more of it. And so bad, sad, in fact, that I even made Pomodoro sauce for myself at home this week from a Bon Appetit recipe that was pretty good, but not nearly as good as a Cinderella one. And like, I, I feel incredibly lame talking about this, but man, oh man, was it delicious. So it is uh, by design and uh, execution a pretty simple sauce but i think you you may have tapped into something because we are at a moment uh of a food moment here where part of and i think our 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 good homie uh david chang will attest to this um part of of what i expect to see in 2019 a continuation of a trend in 2018 is chefs looking at sort of traditional simple dishes that um have a history and tradition of being um, easy to kind of pull together and trying to sort of reinterpret, reinvent, put a spin. And I think we're in a, in a, in a moment right now because of the great um, availability of ingredients and, you know, the, the uh, particular opportunity to like import, now assuming there are no tariffs between us and Italy, import uh, San Marzano tomatoes over and you can have fresh San Marzano. Now, I think you're having, you've had uh, the San Marzano, San Marzano in a can. Yes. Is I that have. right? Correct. And that, and that, that makes perfect sense. But like the ingredients for, for, for a Pomodoro are just like tomato puree and sugar and, and, and salt and a little bit of oil. Yeah. Super but simple. Like, there's a lot of different opportunities there that what, whatever you choose to use for your tomato, how you know the the puree is what distinguishes it from marinara, but that doesn't mean that you you don't you know you you couldn't have a little chunk if you want. You get to dictate the sort of uh, thickness of it, and then the the seasoning, right? The the ratio of sugar and salt, and how you, how you want to do that, and then maybe you you put a sprig of basil in there or something like that, right? Yeah, I put in some basil. It was a we'll put the the link to the recipe that I used in the show notes for this. It was good. I'm I'm open to like simple and amazing though. Like I, I want to be wowed because I the bar is so high because of Cinderella. And then I went to this restaurant called Robert, which is on top of the Museum of Art and Design in, in Columbus Circle. And I also ordered rigatoni pomodoro there. And it was very good. Came with some fresh ricotta. It was great. I loved it. I, so, I'm just really into this pasta scene right now. Are you finding as as this um, awakening uh, to to yourself of of the appeal of Pomodoro? Now that you're looking for it, are you finding it on menus? Um, no, not that much. Like I went to like a, I mean, in Italian places, yes, but otherwise, no. Right. Like I went to like a this French cafe in LA over the weekend called Cafe Midi, which has like a huge, huge menu. And you would think just by like the sheer size, even though it's a French cafe, they would have it. And there's a lot of overlap in French and Italian food, just because geographically or whatever. But they they did not have it. Yeah, so I I think you're right. Uh, I haven't had any reason to think about it or look for it on menus uh, here in 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 the DMV. There's there's very good Italian here in Washington, um, but I can't 
I can't think of a place where I saw just a sort of a basic of pomodoro delivery. I I left out the garlic. Obviously, the garlic is a crucial Huge. element of crucial, a pomodoro sauce. Indeed. Um, but another opportunity, right? You know, how, how what's the consistency of it? How do you want your deli- your your garlic delivered? Are you going to do thin slices? Are you going to do it minced? I think all of those things can affect the the chemistry of it. So we had on on the show Juliet uh, Kenji Lopez out and. You know, his book, The the Food Lab, speaking of of the chemistry of things, I'm going to check and see if there is a Pomodoro recipe in there. Because that, that is exactly the kind of thing that um, the Food Lab kind of takes on and gives you its own kind of uh, best execution, best chemistry, uh, you know, indication. Yeah, that's a great idea. I should check that out. I don't know why I haven't. Good you things. have the book. I know you do. No, I don't, actually, but I'll buy it. Oh, we're going to work on that. We're, okay. we're, that's an easy, there's an easy solution. Easy fix, Amazon.com. Well, you know, I, I still owe you um, the, the holiday gift that I had in mind for you. Uh, I wanted for you to get yourself back to LA and get situated. I'm not going to tell you what the gift is that I had in mind, but now, oh, now I have the add-on. So just wait, I'll, I'll order the book for you and it will come along with this other thing that I have in mind for you. Okay. Cool. How exciting. Yeah. House. Yeah. Wow. Do I have to get you a present? I'm such a bad gift giver. No, 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 no. This is my <laughs> thanks to you for, for, for being the high pri- the high priestess of, of food news. No, I mean, I, I, this is strictly one way. You do <laughs> terrific things helping this, this program and, thanks, and you man. indulge my inanity. So thank you. That's perfect. On yes. that note, thank, please thank t- you. Tell me about your holiday eating. You traveled to two places. Yeah, so I I was uh, down in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, to see uh, some in laws, and then I went down to Naples, Florida, and I had very good eating experiences in both of those uh, places. But uh, I'm I'm not prepared to give shout outs because we didn't um, really go too crazy in terms of of you know trying trying any of the sort of highlights there. Um, it was it was. I was with my my kid, so that kind of you know limits um, how exotic we sure. can get in terms sure. of, of eating. But I've I've previously documented. I love the Raleigh food scene; it's amazing. I will get back down there and and do another belly tour. I did a belly tour down there in May of 2018. I will get back to Raleigh. I'll probably go down in May again this year and hit the half dozen places I didn't hit on the on the on the previous tour. I want to give a quick shout out to a uh, Filipino place um, here in, in the, in the DMV. It's kind of a fast, casual uh, Filipino joint and, and it's claim to fame is pork belly. And the name of it is Kuya Ja Lechon Belly. So K-U-Y-A Ja and the Kuya Ja have to do with the names of the proprietors, nicknames and stuff. And then the Lechon Belly is pork belly, L-E-C-H-O-N. And I ordered an enormous feast uh, from this place uh, last week. I got together with some uh, neighborhood homies. We play cards. And one of the things that we like to do is, you know, g- g- do some big eating before we get into the card portion of the evening. And we tried uh, the, the, the pork belly. This is the thing that, that, that was so, so no- noteworthy about it. It is uh, they're able to do in kind of a fast service manner that Beautiful, perfect, crispy, Ooh. crunchy skin. Yes, that's essential. The crackling skin, and 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 serve it in a way you know on, on a beautiful bed of rice with a little papaya slaw kind of vibe, 
And I had um, a little bit of this uh, kale spinach um, sort of creamy uh, side dish that I'm going to botch the name of. It's like liang or something to that effect. But I'm just telling you, this this pork belly, uh, you, you if you ordered it at any one of the highest uh, level restaurants you can imagine and, and you know, thought you were going to pay $60 for a pork belly dish, you would have definitely felt like you were getting your money's worth because it, it it's just that exquisite of an experience. The crunch of it is beautiful. The smell of it is beautiful. The... Um, they they chop it up and every bite of it is is a meaty bite. It's 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 mostly off the bone. There was a little bit of bone in, in uh you know you can chew off the bone on one piece of it, but just just terrific. So that's that's the shout out. House, you're making me hungry. Making my you mouth water. Just telling you, <laughs> you you have the opportunity there in L.A. to to go experience the Filipino food scene, and here in D.C. it's 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 a growing it's a growth area. I've, I'm, I'm aware of two more Filipino restaurants. That opened in 2018, but this place is like not looking to have you come sit down. Uh, they only have like t- room for 20 people, maybe 25 tops. I'm just telling you, it was a true revelation, and I highly encourage it. Damn, that sounds great. I'm gonna gonna look into it. Yeah, pork belly. It's, okay, it's what's for dinner? <laughs> the other white meat. I'd like for it to be for dinner for me. <laughs> if yeah. only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Should we get into the food news? Let's talk about some stories. January is pretty January's loaded, poppin'. I think. Poppin. Okay, this yeah. this first one is about one of my favorite stores, Costco. Bad news, according to the takeout. Costco's 27-pound tub of long-life mac and cheese has sold out. What a huge bummer. Costco was selling a $90 tub of mac and cheese that weighed 27 pounds and lasted 20 years. They advertised it. It first became known to folks on, I believe, around January 11th. That's when it was tweeted about by uh, CNBC. And as of two days ago, Monday, January 14th, it was sold out. 20 years worth of of, uh, mac and cheese can no longer be yours. I'm so sorry to tell you. I don't understand that. How can it be available? How can it be good for 20 years? What am I not understanding? Well, I'll read to you more about it. This is from some CNBC.com. The Chef Bank- Banquets Macaroni and Cheese, listed under Emergency Kits and Supplies, offers 180 servings in separate pouches of elbow pasta and cheddar cheese sauce. That comes oh, out to pouches. two servings per dollar. For maximum longevity, Chef Bank- Chef's Banquet recommends storing the tub in a dry, cool environment. A doomsday bunker, for example, or a root cellar. <laughs> the product's two-decade shelf life may freak you out. That is, after all, longer than many canned foods and grains last, last, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. But preservatives used in food are approved by the regulatory agencies, says Joseph G. Sieberneck, a distinguished professor at Iowa State who researches, researches food safety. So, House, I'm sorry if you yeah, wanted to when, get when this. Yeah, when the government is open, when the government is open, they can. There are food inspectors who can can confirm. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. There actually is another story. We'll come back to the mac and cheese in a second. But there was an article, I believe, in the Washington Post, either yesterday, Tuesday, or the day before Monday, saying that part of some food is not being inspected because of the government shutdown. So be careful what you eat out there, people. Shop, I, I wish I local. knew what food we're talking about, though. What, what's what's going not inspected so I can lay off that? Um, 
So according to CNN, the, C- the FDA has five weeks until money runs out for approving new drugs. That's not that long when you think about it. Uh, <laughs> and so they recommend avoiding some foods. And CNN talked to a food safety attorney named Bill Marler, and he said, I would say anything you aren't controlling yourself. So any fresh, uncooked products on the marketplace, such as ready-to-eat salads and prepackaged sandwiches or meals that aren't cooked. His list includes sprouts, leafy greens, ready-to-eat products like cheese and ice cream. He also said, I would be especially suspect if you're a pregnant woman, children, people with a compromised immune system. I would stay away from it completely. So this doesn't sound great, you know? Wait, Sprouts is not good? <laughs> sprouts is not good, I Kyle. just ate a ready-made salad from Sprouts yesterday. Oh, no. It's not Sprouts the store. It's Sprouts <laughs> oh, the food. Oh, I'm sorry. However, okay. Sprouts was is there a, Sprouts in your Was there Sprouts in, in your, your salad? No, there was no Sprouts in the Sprouts salad. I want to say, oh, I'll Kyle. Yeah, I had a Caesar. We're on our, our third tangent, but Sprouts is a premier grocery store here it. in Los Angeles. I, it's on my block. On La Brea? Oh, I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Sprouts is, sprouts is like Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods meets happiness. It's a great store. Would you say that's correct? Yes. Yeah. Long lines, but other than that, very good. There's two on La Brea now. There's one near Santa Monica, near West Hollywood. That's me. Yeah. That's where Kyle is. And there's one on La Brea, like near the Miracle Mile, like closer to Wilshire. Mm. It's a great, great, great store. Well, we'll take you there one day, house. Anyway, back to the FDA before getting back to Costco. So there's a lot to avoid. And uh, it's not great. I, I will say, like, if you live in a place, you know, if you, if you live in an urban center, there's often a lot of... Um, Farmers markets, seasonal produce, like that's like probably safer right now because like at least you know that like what farm it's coming from. Like it's, it's just saying like eat local, eat local, and eat safe. Well, that may be the wave of the future. I would like to um, thank you for for the public service sure. uh, element that we're offering up here to the hungry homies, all the taste buds out there. For anybody that didn't see this story about the food inspection. Uh, element uh, that is provided by our our federal government, perhaps going w- wanting at the moment. Uh, so I I wonder that the, the eat local for sure is is one way to give yourself a little bit of comfort. I want. Can so does foods? that also mean in terms of restaurants? Oh, I don't know. Do you, do you, are you going to a restaurants that feature that sort of uh, farm to table deal? I hadn't thought about that, but that's a really good point. I went out for dinner on Sunday, and I wish I'd thought about it. Um. <laughs> or is it better? Well, one thing, one of the things that 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 you enjoy being in Los Angeles is because of the availability of you know uh, the beautiful array of produce there. It it's likely the odds are in your favor. It's local. that it was it was pretty direct, you I, know, from farm. That's true. Go ahead. That is true. Yeah. I I just want to say thanks for bringing this up. Again, another tangent. The produce in California is so superior to the East Coast. It's like shocking. And I get it. It's because of the it's because of climate. Cool. I'm not an idiot. But like still in reality, going from one to the other, where like it's you're hard pressed to find like truly appetizing looking produce in December in a grocery store in New York is like really a shock. It's kind of sad. It's so much better in California. It's like not well, even who, a conversation. You know who agrees with David you? David Chang, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He has her whole restaurant based on that very idea. Like he it's arrived shocking. in L.A. He went to the the market in uh, was it it what, what was the, what's the famous market? The Grand in, Central uh, Market, Grand Central. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like holy mother f, holy mother of God. Yeah, I can't believe these ingredients. I'm gonna try and cook with them, and then had you know uh, six months or more of R and D 
where he got to experiment with all these ingredients. And it will always be one of my great life regrets to not have been invited to any of the R&D meals. Because um, <laughs> I... I'm pretty sure our our mutual pal BS uh, got in into he some did. of that. And yeah. There were some other mutual pals that that they got hooked into the R and D process. But um, you know, each each of the times that I've been fortunate enough to eat at at Major Domo in, in LA, there is a new uh, uh, produce item that is prepared in, in in a way that that you know that that the Major Domo. Um, folks have imagined and and interpreted and invented and you know it it's been each each time one time there were tomatoes there was heirloom tomatoes that were brilliant uh, uh there was another time there was a whole array of these mushrooms that were kind of mind blowing sunchokes like all kinds of stuff that is just not like super duper easy to get on the east coast yeah it is just like a stark experience anyway <laughs> it really struck me anyway should we get back yeah. to the Costco mac and cheese? 27 pounds we, last we, 20 we, years. Mac and cheese, you're always there. We didn't go very far away, mac and cheese. Don't you worry. We're back. Yeah. It, I mean, I've never left mac and cheese. It's actually making me want mac and cheese, like the craft kind, which is definitely safe from yes. the Food and Drug Administration shutdown. Um, but uh, <laughs> I can't imagine buying this. Like, maybe if you are a parent and, like, you're going to be having, like, a birthday party, actually could be, like, a cool thing to get. But, like, why did this sell out? I mean, it's just so much mac and cheese. That's that's the sneaky thing about Costco. It's different if you live in the suburbs, I guess. But, like, do you really need the bulk of so many things? Like, unless you're having, like, a party. It's, like, good for, like, a few circumstances. But, like, a house. As a quasi-suburbanite, is that offensive to you to call you that? No, no, no. I, I'm, I am who I am. Yeah. As a quasi-suburbanite, like, what's your use case for Costco? I'm just saying, like, do you how often do you want to buy stuff in bulk like that they offer? Like it's usually too much. Who can go through it unless you're like doing catering? Yeah, I agree with you. Here's the thing that I wonder about with this, and and I don't mean to sound cynical. I think it's actually quite brilliant um, marketing. If indeed this is the the thing, what if they only made like fifty of these so they could? So the whole point is to be able to tell the world that we sold out of these, right? Uh, and and you know. They they put two in in in, in each in twenty five stores, advertised come in and buy all the mac and cheese you can eat, and then they sold out of all fifty of those quickly. Uh, and now that now the story now it's in in People magazine that Costco sold out of the you know the tw- the, the twenty eight pound tub of of macaroni and cheese. It's good PR. It would be a smart play. Yes, yeah. Okay. So that that's where I'm coming down on it. I don't I don't know whether or not. Uh, Oh, it does. It says here. Wait a second. Delivery in five to seven days. So it's sold out, but you can still. I don't know what. what what's the point of that delivery part? Maybe if you bought it online, it's still going to come. But like they're not offering okay. it anymore. All right. So that yeah. would suggest that there are more than fifty of them. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more than fifty, but I bet it wasn't that many. Because why would they think that like that would sell out? I mean, that's just nuts. Yeah. Americans be crazy. All right. It's a good story. It's, it's a, a good, good way to start off 2019. Good story. <laughs> Quick break. We have a nice word from our friends at Proper Cloth 2019 style. This year, set a realistic goal to wear a shirt that fits. That's your goal. From collar to cuff, every Proper Cloth shirt is made to order, so it's guaranteed to be unique to you. Just answer 10 simple questions to get your 
custom shirt size. And then you choose from 20 collar styles. That's a lot of collar styles. 10 cuff styles and 500 fabric styles. You can do anything from classic to business to casual. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buys fabrics that meet their high expectations. Plus, each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they're going to remake it for you for free. This is the future of shirts, my friends. Looking better has never been this easy. Starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit and start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash carbs today and enter gift code carbs to get $20 off your first shirt. That's propercloth.com slash carbs and then gift code carbs. That's $20 back in your pocket for a beautiful custom fit shirt. Taste Buds Today Show also brought to you by our super duper friends from Hotel Tonight. Here is a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight is partnering with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you are getting incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you've got to try Hotel Tonight. Forget scrolling through the never-ending lists. Hotel Tonight is giving you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels that they think you're going to love. They even give short profiles of each hotel, complete with the info you really need and pictures of what the rooms really look like. Plus, even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can, of course, book in advance. That means you're getting a wonderful input and insight into cool hotels for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, a staycation, if that's your thing, road trips, business trips. You want to book a place with a pool. All of that kind of customizing is available on the hotel tonight. I have a lot of travel coming up in 2019, hungry homies. We're going to be doing a lot of eating, a lot of great places in these United States. I downloaded the Hotel Tonight app last year, used it to great success. You may see me in places like Austin, Texas. You may see me in places like Albuquerque, New Mexico. You may see me in places like Jacksonville, Florida. And I tell you what, Hotel Tonight is paving the way to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Get yourself over to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. That was one story, but really four, because we also discussed produce and the, yes. the shutdown. <laughs> and some, East Coast versus West Coast. East Coast it, it gave us a lot, that story. So thank you to that Food story. inspection. Yeah, food inspection. Yeah. Moving on to the great state of New Hampshire. This is a story from New Hampshire, New Hampshire Public Radio. The headline is, City of Keene, which is where the University of New Hampshire is, I believe, is in a dispute with a local restaurant owner who has named their restaurant Pho Keene Great. So that's P-H-O, like the soup, Keen, like the city, great, as in house, you're a great podcaster. <laughs> Here's the deal. The city of Keene is asking a Vietnamese restaurant slated to open this spring to change its name. The restaurant has a lease with the city to operate out of the same building as City Hall, but its proposed name, Pho Keen Great, has 
prompted complaints, says city manager Elizabeth Dragon. Pho is a kind of Vietnamese soup. Thanks, we know. Pho keen is intended to sound like a profanity. Duh, thanks, we know. That's not written in the article. Under the terms of the lease, (laughs) the restaurant must get permission from the city before hanging any signs. The restaurant owner did not do so, however, before putting up a temporary sign earlier this month, prompting city officials to ask that it be removed. Isabel Jolie, the restaurant owner, has removed the sign for now. But I would say, House... The damage is done and she won because now we all know that uh, a pho shop is going to be opening in Keene, New Hampshire. So it's much like your is, theory of Costco. Yes, it is, it is uh, quite, quite brilliant and and follows in a long tradition of pho purveyor, purveyors who have leveraged that pho sound into some terrifically inventive uh, n- naming derivations. Now, it's not... The, the proprietor's fault that she had the the, the great uh, insight and inspiration to open a pho shop in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. That's you just say good on her. How can it be a a a violation to name she wants to name her pho shop for the place that they live. I know. And then they just have a modifier. But if it was just pho Keene that's still that 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 delivers qu- quite a bit of 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 the thing that that some folks they may rub some some folks raw, um, but I, I I just think it's a great name. I mean it's it's it is the name of the place and the name of the food. Yeah, it is. It's true. I support Isabel Jolie, and I'm glad to know that there's going to be pho in Keene, New Hampshire. And shout out to them for getting this done. I'm into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Let's get political again for a second. <laughs> is that okay? I live in Washington, D.C. I can't avoid it. That's true. That sounds rough. Um, the president had the the uh, national championship winning Clemson football team to the White House this week. And because of the shutdown, they couldn't make food. So he um, decided to order in or have someone go out and pick up Wendy's and McDonald's, I believe, for the team. And then took a picture, which we photoshopped on the House of Carbs um, Instagram that has your face on it instead. And um, a lot of people responded, including two people that are relevant to the Ringers universe. One being uh, Quavo, who tweeted about it. And I'm going to be honest. I'm not like the biggest Migos person, but I thought this was funny. He tweeted, I want to show Clemson Tigers and POTUS how champs are supposed to be treated. Y'all welcome to come by the QC headquarters anytime. Dab and Dabo still. Hashtag go dogs because he's from Georgia. The stir fry way. So this is just really hitting on a lot of levels. <laughs> Quavo. It, it hit It hit on a whole lot of levels. Now, I, I, I mainly want to talk about, we can... I don't. I don't want to, to uh, go down the path of, you know, the w- whether or not there's any big picture takeaways. Everybody's going to have their own political uh, uh, bent, their own inclination, and reach whatever conclusion they want to reach about this president and this fast food. The thing that I, I that deserves <laughs> observation is the pictures were effing hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, him standing underneath. Pensive Lincoln picture, President Abraham Lincoln with his chin in his hand, and the current president are of the you, United States. Arguably the most thoughtful, political, and important president in the history of the United States. <laughs> so, 
some people are saying. Some some people say that. Some would say he is one of the greatest Americans of all time. (laughs) Some would say. And our current president standing in front of this incredible array of of fast food. So, So two things that I feel like I can safely criticize um, I feel it's safe to criticize anything, po- but I don't care. Carry po- on. Political. First of all, if you're in the Washington, D.C., if you're in the DMV, there is some terrific fast food that he could have easily leveraged that I think would have, uh, on on one hand, sh- showed off some of what uh, the, the D.C. fast food scene is all about. Maybe bought the president a little bit of local goodwill. The local, the, the burger chain five guys started in the DMV. It started down in, in, in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, in fact. And some of the very first franchises were here. I know of a five guys restaurant capable of making as many hamburgers as, as, as the president could order. It's literally like four and a half, five blocks from the White House. So that's one thing. He, he, it, was, it would have been an easy, easy opportunity. Shop Two local. other restaurants. <laughs> Shop, there we go. And then you don't have to worry about the FDA part. Two other missed opportunities. How can you not have Chick-fil-A? These guys, this is Clemson, South Carolina. Chick-fil-A is, uh, you know, a, 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 a crucial element of, of, of the diet. Like, make the fellows feel a little bit at home, I think. Like, demonstrate a, recogni- a recognition of, of where they're coming from. There's a little bit of a simpatico opportunity there. And then hard to believe that mi- this, this president isn't the most gracious host. I'm so shocked. <laughs> well, the, the, here's the other, uh, uh criticism that I, I want to leverage. And, and, and this is, goes back to, to, to my own youth, uh, okay. as a kid growing up when there was, you know, a, a great convening, this was during my days, uh, on swim team. We would have sometimes uh, there 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 would be end of season not not sometimes uh, this was the tradition at the end of the season there was a great banquet the banquet was fried chicken mm-hmm. and it was fried chicken because fried chicken's very portable and it's okay if it loses a little bit of heat in the in the delivery process and the you know you can set out fried chicken and lots and lots and lots of people can come and choose there's a whole element to it. Or you can pick and choose what you want. Maybe you're a breast man. Maybe you're a leg man or woman. Maybe you like, you know, you you could choose dark meat versus white meat. Maybe you just want to do a few a few uh, wings. That that's terrific. I love that personal selection element of it. But like, uh, and 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 the smell that 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 it delivers. Just missing out on having a fried chicken option. Now, I I personally here in in DC. Um, Popeye's is my go-to. I'm on record as Popeye's being arguably my very favorite uh, fast food. There is, um, you know, a couple Popeye's here close enough that that it wouldn't have been a, a big deal for the president to send somebody out to pick well, up a little Popeye's. Go ahead. Trump famously loves KFC. Why didn't he just get his beloved KFC? Another great question. That that that's right. He is on record as loving. Uh, He's the KFC, KFC guy, which is says a lot. And because I think Popeyes is recognized as obviously not only top tier fast food, clearly number one fast chicken. Like duh. 
I, I think so. Yeah. I know I think so. Every chef is like, so, yeah, Popeye's, get me that. Like, that's all you need to know. That's fine. That's right. Anyway, this, know, the, whole, exactly right. the whole thing is just a farce. That's all I can say. It's a farce. Well, I, and, and, and for us, in particular here at House of Carbs, both on Twitter and on Instagram, a lot of folks took the opportunity of those beautiful pictures uh, of that fast food array and, and leveraged in there the House of Cards uh, concept that there was a lot of house of carbs making the rounds, so we had to do our part. I mean, we had to, you know, my my name is my name. I mean, my, I can't have my name on the street, Juliet. You know, yeah. uh, like my my man Marlo. My my name is my name. If you're going to do house of carbs, we're going to get on top of that right away. And we had that picture. I got it on the Twitter, and we got it on the Instagram. <laughs> Uh, you know, me with that with that array, and obviously, I just want to make sure every, all the hungry homies and the taste buds know how I would have got down. There would have been Popeyes. There would have been some Five Guys. There would have been. <laughs> I would have found the Arby's. I mean, you got to have some Arby's roast beef in there. It would have been a truly reflective, a real democratic kind of a, a representation across the board of, of of fast food. I just want to throw in a couple other options that would have been good. Chipotle has some great catering options. Really easy. They bring you these platters. It comes with burners, like Bunsen burners to keep it warm. That would have been a great option. Taco Bell. Love Taco Bell. Very cheap. Could have saved a lot of money. Gotten like tons of soft tacos. Don't know why that wasn't there. I just don't know. One other person who has like some suggestions on what they could have done instead. Aisha Curry, the um, the cooking celebrity and coincidentally wife of NBA player Stephen Curry. This guy just tweeted, no wonder why Stephen Curry didn't want to go, presumably, to the White House. I'd much rather eat whatever Aisha Curry is cooking any day, too. And she decided to respond to that, which I, if I was her PR person, would have been like, what are you doing? And she responded, well, gladly feed the Clemson Tigers any day. A real feast and celebration. No tense at dimping sauces on silver platters. And then three, three emojis of a woman holding her hand up. Um... So she's sassy, and I like it. And I think we all we, we've all got notes on this situation. What whatever they are, we've all got notes. <laughs> well, we I want to complete the thought on Aisha Curry because first of all, I'm I'm just going to say it right here on the podcast. She's my number one most desired guest for oh, wow. House of Carbs in 2019. I'm dying to have Aisha Curry come on and talk about her her. She she did the television show for a little while, and now she's in this collaboration. With Chef uh, Michael Mina, I yes. think I'm, I'm pronouncing yes, his name correct. correct. It's International Smoke yes. uh, Collaboration. They, she's got to come on and tell us what is going on with International Smoke. And, of course, I'll ask her about what, what she would have on the menu for of the course. Cubs and Tigers. That, that seems relevant. But of I'm course. also interested in knowing what's on Steph's menu. Because Chef Curry is always cooking. Chef I mean, Curry with the pot. You know. Yeah. That they're, they're, the path to success starts in the belly. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows What's that. What's going in that man's belly? I got to talk to Aisha. She definitely agrees because she Instagrams a lot about like what she makes for him and stuff. And anyway, she's great. Yes. Love, love Aisha. One final story yes. for this, 20, this January 2019 edition of Food News. Are you ready? Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> An Oregon bar is suing its own bartender for $115,000 for drinking on the job. Um, Oregon Live reported on this story, and they said, 
An Old Town Portland bar is suing one of its bartenders for $115,000, claiming that's the cash it will lose when its tap runs dry, all because the bartender broke Oregon Liquor Control Commission rules. The suit claims that this bartender, Gunnar Hoken Jorstad, was drunk while on the job last January 13th while serving the customers at the Barrel Room, 105 Northwest 3rd Avenue. That caused the Liquor Commission to hit the barrel room with one stiff penalty. The agency will yank the bar's liquor license for three weeks starting January 20th, according to the suit. A bar losing their liquor license for three weeks does really suck. (laughs) That really feels like a punishment that's outsized for the crime. I agree. Uh, And this is like embarrassing for him. How can he get hired again? This is too harsh. Well, this, this is the thing. Uh, it feels like there must be something else to the story in terms of the bar's own controls, in terms of uh, observing what the bartender, uh, what what its employees are, are are doing. Because for the the the, the guy got uh, so drunk that he needed like help home or something like that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He and 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 uh, the the way they found themselves in this in this pickle was um, he was outside the bar and then the police had to be called to come remove him. So in a way, the, he and was I don't outside. know if it was the, the well, I don't know what, maybe he went back in and I don't know why it is that the bar itself would have called if they were responsible, if they ended up sort of uh, hoisted by their own petard. In, in, well, actually that's <laughs> the wrong use of that. They tried to do a good thing and and it it went on unpun- it it punished him. No good deed goes unpunished. Maybe that's the cliche that I'm trying to sure, use here. Sure, maybe it just seems. Um, I agree with you. It's an outsized punishment. It's an outsized punishment. I I do like the idea of there being a disincentive for the bartenders to to drink on the job um, because it it it's contrary. It's a public safety uh, issue among other things. The lawyer in me uh, want, want, wants to say. Um, but boy, oh boy, 21 days. That feels like these folks um, maybe had one of these in their past or that there was like they couldn't prove up any kind of oversight of what was happening out at the front of the bar there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I I feel bad for this guy. I wish him luck. We, me, you, you and me both. Let's end on a, on a happy note. You're right, House. We got to go positive to wrap this up. And this is great news. Chick-fil-A. They're bringing something spicy to certain cities. Uh, Chick-fil-A sent out a release and they say, we brought the heat to the menu over the last year in Philly, Central Texas, South Texas, and Phoenix when we started testing spicy chicken strips. A combination of the two customer favorites, the original Chick-fil-A chicken strips and the spicy. And while the other three metro areas will continue to test spicy chicken strips, Phoenix will be getting even spicier starting January 14th, 2019. Uh Phoenix, Yuma, and Tucson restaurants will now offer three spicy options for guests to try. Grilled Spicy Deluxe Sandwich, Spicy Chicken Strip Biscuit, and the Grilled Spicy Deluxe Bundle. While you might not be in Arizona, I think this portends well for for things to come nationwide Chick-fil-A. That's just me being clairvoyant, and I hope it's true. Well, we we mentioned earlier that Popeye's is at the top of the list, but possibly— my single favorite fast food sandwich is the spicy chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A um, because it it has that uh, authenticity of it. It always eats like to me something that was just made, made by hand. 
the spice combination is like just hot enough to make you th- it's legit you know it's not it's not watered down generic spice it's it's legitimately hot and i like to take a little of the hot sauce i think they offer texas peats at the chick-fil-a's i'll oh. put another like a Ooh. little dollop on the bun to go along with the with the the crunchy pickle and this this innovation on the breakfast, I feel like I might have had a small hand in it. Now I'm not one to pat myself on the back, <laughs> but I will say, coincident with uh, the the onset of this very podcast, one of the very first things that I posted on the gram was me at a Chick Fil A having ordered the spicy chicken, just the breast, and having that on uh, the 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 bun, but doing so in the morning. So I could have them give me two eggs, and uh, I had it. Uh, I've had it both with cheese uh, and and without cheese. But if you sort of catch them in that crossover moment, right around like the ten thirty ish or so, when they're going from the the morning cuisine to the to the lunch cuisine, so you can talk them into making a nice chicken breast, uh, spicy chicken breast for you, and sliding it in. With a little bit of egg, a little bit of cheese. So here, here they are in, in instituting that. They're they're giving spice lovers the opportunity to enjoy something. It's no longer a hack, Juliet. They're they're standardizing it. God bless them. <laughs> House, it's great news. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for everyone. And uh, it's been great talking <laughs> food news with you. Always. I, I, I can't believe I have to wait a whole nother month um, to talk to you again. But, you know, it does have the effect of giving us lots of time. For, for, for these terrific stories to, to develop. We're going to, it's going to be the very best stories in food news. Uh, that's the thing we can guarantee all, Absolutely. all our famished friends. Indeed. I'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Juliet. Love you. Love you too. Bye. All right, Hungry Homies, there we go. We're off and running in 2019 of Mega Size Food News. Next week, we shall be back with a guest. I'm not at liberty to reveal names, but you will know this name, my Hungry Homies. Get yourself over to our Instagram, at the House of Carbs. Lots of stuff going on this year. We have been working on, on getting all of our best bites of the week up. We're going to be doing restaurant recommendations. I'm going to get some of that Kuya job, beautiful pork belly on there. And I think Juliet is going to have some Pomodoro that we can get up there as well. We love your belly sourcing suggestions. Always hit us there. Until next week, my hungry homies, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs> <laughs>